I am very, very excited about you, Rami Donahoe. Positive, Rami Positive Space. So is that your name just for a Zoom? Oh, yeah, for Zoom, for my YouTube channel, IG. It's all Rami Positive Space. How long have you been doing YouTube? Oh, oh my gosh. Well, my first YouTube channel, we got way too many likes on a Prince parody that we did. Actually, we, we didn't think it was a parody because it was awesome. Other people thought it was too. But then uh, the artist formerly known as Prince was like, no, 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 they're getting too many hits. So I got a warning. So that was like 10 years ago. Now I have a new vamped YouTube that's very um, fun, but all my own content. And it's it's really awesome. So that's been this new vamped one has been out there for at least six years, if I'm guessing. But, but you've been putting content out there into the world for over a decade? A, a long time, a, a very long time. Yes. Wow. But um, that one channel, it had a lot of my school because I'm a former school counselor, had a lot of my school stuff on it. So as I was changing out and then uh, my husband's favorite artist was like, no, you can't have that on <laughs> That was when he was still alive too, by the way. Um, so his people were like, no, no, no. Um, so yeah, we took that one down and I started a new one, but you have to be careful about what you put on YouTube. So I also started a Rumble account recently, which okay. is not doing that bad. It's actually getting some some uh, great Rumbles and people are what looking is, at it. I haven't heard of Rumble. What is that? Well, okay. So Rumble is... A, another platform similar to YouTube, but I would say as far as allowing discussions about certain topics that uh -huh. YouTube might not like, okay. Rumble's a little bit more friendly to that. So that's why I'm trying that out. I'm okay. just trying it out. Although I don't have like a lot of, you know, uh, say content that's, oh, it's super controversial, but sometimes I do delve into politics. Sometimes I do really delve did. into, you know, if, if people want to talk about uh, being mandated to take shots and things like that. I have a lot of parents who are like, no, I'm not for that. So I respect their rights. And I wouldn't mind talking about that on a rumble platform, but I know YouTube would not like me. Yes. YouTube would not like you. No, they, they would not like me. <laughs> uh, what's that book in the background? Christian oh. blurry world. Is that your book? Yes. Thank you for asking. This is my very first book. I am actually revamping this because I have another book coming out, which is called Fight Flex Flight. And that's also about the school systems and giving your children, giving your family the option to choose. Do you want to stay in a large public school system? Do you want to be flexible and maybe go to a charter school that has a smaller number of kids in there, ratio teacher to, to kids, or possibly a private school? Or do you want to take flight and go into homeschooling? So it talks about my background as a school counselor. And I give a lot of jewels, a lot of tips to parents, like just what to talk to your kids about, what to dialogue with them about, because that can be pretty scary. So that's my next book. And then I'm also going to be in an anthology very soon by bestseller publishing, and that's Expert Resilience. But this is my very first one, and I am super proud about it. It's, if you know Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. That's pretty much my mindset. That's where I take all my life coaching from. That's what I do now, life coaching, speaking, and performing all these fun things. So that's what I do now as a retired counselor. 
Well, I happen to know that you are a phenomenal coach, but the reason why I brought you on to the podcast is because I wanted to talk about your time in CPS because we had we share that in common. Uh, I was in Special Victims, as you know, uh, yes. a couple of years. And uh, how long were you in CPS? So in CPS, I was working the 24-7 crisis hotline and CPS intake for three to four years while I was getting my master's degree in counseling and guidance. So we did all those late night shifts, midnight to eight, uh, five to 12. And boy, did that screw up my life cycle. <laughs> but it, it it was an awesome job. So I did that for about three to four years. And then I went into counseling and guidance. Okay. So in your time in CPS... I'm sure you have seen some very messy, messy, crazy situations. Um, now that you're no longer there, you can talk about them openly because yes. I know everything's confidential. Uh, what's like one of the craziest things that you remember? Because uh, the reason why I wanted to touch on this is because, first of all, you're the first CPS work I've had on the show. And I want to thank you for your years of service. Oh, thank you, spent, you, Dave. That you spent doing that. Um, so... Like, I know you had some interactions with, you know, needing to call out the police to certain scenes or they responded with you to certain things. What was the craziest one that you remember? Well, I would say so a lot of it, I was sitting at the phones waiting for reports and they come in at all times of the day. Sometimes people's conscience wears on them at midnight mm -hmm. and they're like, I got to get this off my chest. They know that we're there to answer their calls 24 seven. So they'll call. But I will tell you the the roughest patch that I did have with this job was my first one to two months. You might've experienced it as well as a first responder, but looking at things, seeing things, hearing things that are out of the norm. Um, I have a pretty happy life. I have a great family. And um, at that time I was enjoying school. So I didn't hear or see really graphic things unless I was asking for it. And I watched something like SVU or something, right. but what what happened, I got one of my first calls in the first month was a, an auntie called and, and she said, you know, uh, please help me. Please help me. You have, let me, you may have to edit this out, but um, an auntie called, please help me and said, my uh, brother has found out that their cousin, actually, you may have to edit this out because I have two different, very different. So put no. your little clicker. No, I'm not going to edit it. I'm not going to edit it. No. <laughs> okay. Well, can you handle the uh, the language though? Is I can, that I can okay? handle it. I can you handle, can handle it. it. My okay. audience can handle it too. Okay. Well, within the first month, I had a very horrific call. Uh, it, it came in from a mandated reporter. I'll start out with that one. A, a psychologist. She described described getting a report from a four year old, um, basically about a cousin was inserting objects into her vagina. So we had discussed this cousin's ability to separate this young lady from caring adults as a perpetrator does and how he portrayed himself as the perfect person to watch out. I'm going to call her Gigi to watch out for Gigi while her mother went to gather some groceries quickly. We also found in you probably understand that this was not the first time that this had happened to Gigi, that she was sexually assaulted uh, in her own room with her own building blocks. Oh my God. Uh, so I was just trying to process this. I couldn't even write the report. It was just very 
shocking. And when she said he took the first object and then as a CPS reporter, you have to say, what kind of object is it? How big is it? What did it look like? You have to ask all these really just yeah. things. And it's like, can we just skip that? No, I'm sorry. Okay. So, and then the next object, what was that? So for some reason, this, um, <laughs> I, I don't even want to say I can't, I, there's no words for him, what he was doing to defile this child. But the things that came to my mind was who the hell would do this? Right. This person should be punished and get this child away from him so that this never happens again. So what did happen, because a lot of times the CPS won't go out, but depending on the age, if it's a super young age and depending on the severity of the call, which is a super severe, very young child, actual um, sexual abuse, if it's physical abuse and, and they're young and they have bruises that you can actually see they'll go, go out but sometimes they won't if they're like in their teens and they may be able to, to leave the house that was what was hard for me on the job because I always would be like go out go out and they're like we can't go out for everything there's certain priority levels but maybe with a certain case we'll go out in three days maybe 10 days but with this one they did go out within 24 hours they took uh our our fantastic police with them and they were able to get the dad out of the house, which was great. So I consider that a huge victory. Uh, the, the next one would be, I, I received another call again within the first few months and I, ugh, do I really want this job? <laughs> another call I received started off with a relative, a relative of the perpetrator calling in and please help my nephew. His dad beats him up terribly. There was evidence of bruising and the child was about eight years old in this case. I took all the information down, called CPS, uh, the main person who was going to go out after hours uh, to, and, and alerted them. They did go out on this call as well with the police. So typically it's like a given if it's going to be a night call, anything from five to like 8 a.m., you're going to get to go out with the police, which I think is so fantastic because you need that backup protection. You do not know what you're walking into as a social worker. So having the backup protection of the police is super, super important. And I know in some states they're, they're trying to eliminate the police as an option and just sending the social workers out there for domestic violence, for CPS kind of stuff. And I'm just like going, no, why would we do that? Like this totally protects our social workers. And, and if something would happen, we, we have our brave men and women in blue to help us. It's just so important. So that's just an aside how I, I do really appreciate police going out there um, to the scene. So anyways, um, as I said, they did go out all was quiet for a while. And I considered this a huge win for justice. I'm like, yeah, you know, this guy's disappeared. He's, he's not, I, I could look at some of the reports in the computer. Okay. He's away from the home. Okay, great. And then about a few months later, I get another call, please help our grandchild. The dad is abusing him again, but he's doing it in ways to make sure he cannot get into any trouble. Oh, I'm like, great. And then Taking down the report, we found out that the father was slamming him and pinning him to walls as this would not leave Mark's, I'm going to call him Pepe, on Pepe's body. Mm. He also decided to mentally abuse Pepe by taking all his beanie babies outside in the street with Pepe. And then he proceeded to cut off all of their heads with 
various kinds of equipment. It could be scissors. It could be a hacksaw, whatever he had. Um, and it was just looking at it in your mind. That's so traumatizing to a child. Now you're, you're weaseling in there mentally and you're taking his collection, his best friends. Probably he talks to those little animals, those, those little beanie babies, and he's cutting off their heads to punish him for telling on him and making sure he doesn't do that again. I was so angry and uh, the CPS did go out on the call, but they could do nothing as there was no evidence to this father's cruelty. And upon interviewing Pepe, he was too scared to speak out and attest to what exactly happened. CPS was not able to remove Pepe from the home or have the father stay away from the home. And Pepe's mother, which happens in a lot of these kinds of situations, also wanted to protect the father and she backed him up to protect him because I think that was a financial situation where he said, I'm not going to give you money. If I get kicked out of the house, I'm, I'm not going to pay for your, whatever it was, her, her, her nails getting done, what clothes, whatever he said, I will not pay for this if this happens again. And because you're not in court, you're not in a divorce or anything. The police can't enforce anything. They can't say, no, you have to pay for this. He can shut off his bank accounts. He can shut off his credit cards. And because there's no judge involved, this woman is in a very bad situation. I'm not condoning what she did in any way. I wish she would have backed Pepe up, but a lot of times there's existential variables that we don't see and we're not in their situation, but that's how that rolled out. So those are two that really, it took me about two months to when I am taking the report to not associate my feelings with the reports. So just take them verbatim, ask them the questions and then move on, call the social worker if need. I had so many cases where the mother had been told by the child and they just um, said, I don't believe you, or they just, they they didn't report it because they didn't want to lose their source of uh, income finance financially, you know, they were stuck. And um, it always blew my mind that mothers would allow their children to be molested or physically abused. For me, the sexual cases weren't as bad as the physical abuse cases for whatever reason. Um, I just I had a I had a two year old that had a lacerated liver and had been beat up, mm. and that one really really affected me. Uh, for me, my therapy has always been the gym and staying fit and just breaking a sweat whenever I needed to de stress. What what's your de stressor, or what was did you did you ever go and speak to anyone professionally? Did you get any help? You know, that is a great question. And that's what I love about your platform and what you speak about as a keynote is, okay, we have these very stressful positions and things that won't leave your brain. So how do you deal with it? So I appreciate that you're doing this and you say, you've got to have something. Super Dave says, you need to have something. You need to have a hobby. You need to have someone to talk to a professional or someone who gets the, the gravity of what you're speaking about. And so what I had at that time is I had my music and I still do. So I wrote a song, you may forget, but my God won't. And that was pretty much where I took my vengeance out. And hey, that person may have abused that kid and forgot 
but my God will not. So it, it's a pretty brutal song. And if anyone hears it, when I go out to speaking engagements, when I go out to churches and sing it, I'm like, I know there's you people out there who are doing this to kids right now. I know. Matter of fact, I could identify some people in the crowd at certain places. And I was like, Ooh, this is a song just for you, my brother, just for you. Enjoy it. Um, but that's what I did along with. Um, yeah. You know what I did? I took advantage of my coworkers and my boss and just spoke to them and said, this, this sucks. I mean, I can't even think straight after this evening of getting this. Like, how do you get back into the game? How do you reset yourself? And a lot of times just having someone process it with you, sharing out, saying what happened and what you were disturbed by, that really helps because I know for a lot of us first responders, and I'm thankful that my husband does work with um, in kind of first responding type situation. He was a public defender. So he has all kinds of things that he hears and sees and people at all different stages and mental health levels. But I could also take advantage of that and go home and go, oh my gosh, look, look at what happened. Or I was dating him at the time. So I said, oh my gosh, this is what's happening. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna lose it. So I, I always processed out things as a school counselor with him and then utilized my coworkers, utilized my boss who was amazing. And um, I never, I did not have to go to a therapist for that, but I did have to go to a therapist to just kind of get over some grief issues. Cause I lost my father when I was fairly, fairly young at 13. And when you try to run, and I guess it would be the same equivalent. If you're trying to run away from these, like seeing a person die, like if an EMT sees that, or if you as a police officer, which I have to ask you about what, what happened with this lacerated liver? If you see that, and those images aren't going away, then yeah, you need to process this out with a therapist so they can give you strategies to el eliminate this from your mind. So my question to you, because now I'm, I'm, you just totally piqued my interest as usual. How did this kid supposedly get a lacerated liver? And then what do you, what so, do you do with all these feelings and thoughts? So the mother dropped the child off at the babysitter. And the following morning, the babysitter says he's looking unwell and I'm bringing him to the hospital. And then the babysitter blames it on the mother. And the mother says he was fine when I dropped him off. Um, both the babysitter's boyfriend and the babysitter, they both took a polygraph and one person failed they both retained counsel. I could no longer interview them. And without an admission, the child was too young to speak. There is no evidence of who was actually responsible. So that's what makes that case so particularly frustrating and so upsetting about our system. So I had a uh, former lieutenant who very seriously, jokingly said, uh, we should form a hit squad <laughs> where we take care of certain we take people. care. Yes, we take care of certain people <laughs> who have evaded justice, but you know that they're guilty. So like that father you mentioned, he evaded justice, but you know that he's guilty of psychologically torturing that child. Yes. Um, but I also said to that same supervisor, I'm like, they would have their primary suspects pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. Based, based on based on the list of people who are uh, going missing or being injured, <laughs> they would have their suspects pretty quickly. I said, so that's not such a great idea. But you know, it was it was. Uh, but there's the data. So did you ever get any closure on this, or did they ever find the perpetrator? Um, with the two-year-old with the last yeah with the two-year-old no no that was a very frustrating case so that was a very upsetting that was one of those that um once i left the unit i said i am glad to no longer have to deal with those types of cases so that was almost three years for me um and that was towards the end of my time in the unit and that was one of those you know and from time to time we'd get a baby that had been dropped Oh yeah, and uh, they'd have like a a fracture in their a skull fracture or a, a fracture in their leg, and it's uh, extremely difficult to know is this a pattern of abuse or is this just the baby slipped out of my hands and fell to the floor. You know, it's I or had rolling off a bed that happens a yeah. lot too, where a parent will leave them on the bed for two seconds and then. Well, you have to look at the type of floor. Is it carpet ah. or is it hardwood floor? Because carpet's not going to create a skull fracture. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a baby that slipped out of the car seat onto the driveway. And uh, both parents were emphatically upset about it. And it was pretty obvious that it was an accident. But those were the types of skull fracture cases that we would get to investigate pretty regularly, at least like a couple times a month, one of us would get a skull fracture of, a, of an infant. And it's like that, you know, their brains, their heads are so fragile. Those oh, cases yeah. are terrible. <laughs> They're terrible. And oh, no one, yeah. and, and for the most part, very few people want to go into that line of work. So they have to force people. Um, And then you have people who are forced to the unit and they're not necessarily invested emotionally or mentally. They're just kind of going through the motions. Uh, Once I got there, so I was one of those people that was forced. I wanted to go to narcotics. And when I got promoted, they said, congratulations, you're going to special victims. (laughs) And I was like, oh, man. But uh, once I got there, I actually found the cases to be quite fulfilling once you got the bad guy but the ones when you couldn't get the bad guy um, for whatever reason those were the ones that stuck with you more so than anything else because it's like your hands were tied by the justice system you know it's like (sighs) And, and that's where and i believe you used a line from the prequel uh from the emperor as he says to anakin please go take care of them. (laughs) I I like that. Take care of them. Wow. And yes. Huge huge Star Wars fan. I don't know the lines (laughs) as well as you do, (laughs) but I am a huge Star Wars fan, Star Wars and Star Trek. I know they're different worlds. Uh, You only like Star Wars, right? You're not a big Star Trek. You know what? I will watch Star Trek because I just like being out in space, but um Yes, Star Wars for sure. Who is your favorite character in all your in, Star Wars? In all of the Star Wars? Yes, yes. Oh my God. I don't, it, how could it not be Yoda? <laughs> oh, Yoda. That is true. That is, is oh, very is good. 900, 900 years old. 
probably one of the, if not the most powerful Jedi, one of the most powerful Jedis, you know, and like the things that he could do, like if you read the comic books or if you read any of the uh, written material, right? it's just like he's honed the force for so long and he's been mad. He's like a true, true master and he's a master to so many others. I yes. My goal is to master my craft of interviewing and master my craft of speaking and coaching and then be a coach to so many others that once I die, they say he really, really served well and he was a true master, you know, and I oh, know I love it. I, love I know it. that it takes, well. it takes decades and decades. I actually learned that from Jim Rohn. Uh, he said he wanted it on his tombstone he served well and i'm like so oh, he saw good. the end in mind and that's a, a really fantastic motivator and i know you know that as a coach too yeah. as you say okay i've only got how many years to live and i'm gonna be really passionate and get my message out which which is amazing and i'm thankful that you're doing that and kind of talking about yoda as a superhero that's another thing I love about your platform as well. You're all about that superhero life. I know you like DC comics. I mean, they're okay. I like Wonder Woman, but um, how did you even evolve that superhero life? Because I know initially you're like, I don't feel like a superhero, but I, I embrace being a superhero. How do you even do that, Super Dave? Super Dave is my alter ego. <laughs> <laughs> that is me chasing the greatest version of myself. And it's just fun to say, uh, Super Dave. It's just fun. It's a fun thing to say. It makes people smile. Like when you read your name, Positive Space, uh, that's just, it's fun to say, you know? Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. uh, what, uh, what are you doing next in your journey well, like what do you I know you're doing so many things but what's what's next well yes we are doing quite a bit I am tightening up some of my keynote speeches so one of my keynotes is going to be towards people who are adulting you know they're getting out there in their 20s and high school because a lot of people during COVID and I see that this hasn't worn off and especially for believers they're like you know what this world is pretty bad it sucks I'm pretty sure God is going to come back and, you know, rescue us and rapture us. So I'm just going to chill and lay low. And I love what you just said about, you know, the tombstone and, and how many days that we have, because that's exactly what that keynote's about is, you know what, you want to finish the race strong. You cannot give up. We still have air in our lungs. We need to, uh, you know, help people to our last breath, minister to people, give our message. So then that's one keynote. The other one, because uh, I love public schools. No, I love certain public schools and I teach people how to thrive there if they must stay there. But that keynote, I'm doing it in kind of a comical way because I wanted to make sure I remembered all of my four points for why public school can be hazardous to your health right now. So there's four points. I have them as funny kind of characters. So you don't give that talk in a public school. No. They... <laughs> <laughs> so who's your audience when you're giving that talk? Uh, parent groups, organizations for freedom, um, uh, parent, uh, churches, pla places like that. Like that's what I have been doing and then tightening up my book. You know, you know how it is like proofreading a book takes forever. Yes. So this book fight flex flight should hopefully be coming out within 
I will say, I was going to say months. I'm going to say within the year 2023, Super Dave. That and then my anthology on resilience, which has a bunch of uh, experts in it, like just talking about how to be resilient. So that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm in a cabaret performance July 1st on our island. So that's yeah, just kind of a mixed a bag, which I think plays very well into being a speaker. But tell us about you performing. Like you, you, uh, you're a little bit of a like more of an actor or more Broadway. Um, oh gosh, you know, it's funny you said that because I never believed that I could act and speak and sing at the same time. So if ever I was singing and I had to speak, it was like a train wreck and my husband's my worst critic and he'd be like, wow, that was terrible. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I really was like, if I came here to sing, I'm not going to speak. If I came here to speak, I'm not going to sing. And now finally, because I've had to act so much, I can finally embrace doing them both at the same time. So when I speak, I can sing, but it wasn't very easy for me memorizing lyrics to songs, simple, especially ones that I've memorized, but memorizing the keynote speech was pretty difficult for me. How did you memorize your keynote? I'm using my comic characters because I'm like how am I going to remember this if it's not relevant to me and doesn't speak to me in a way that's funny and I can poke fun of myself and kind of my experience so one of my characters is thickwit and that is a um, European word for someone who's really like stupid okay and so I'm using that to remind me of the dumbing down of our education and how it's a little bit socialist um, in that way and so he's got like a little socialist uh, kind of like outfit on hair all in front of his face and he's slipping on a banana peel. Okay. So that's, that will remind me, okay, let's talk about this. Um, Glamour is another one of my characters and she's basically like a lipstick and she's got a phone and she's like, Hey, y'all take a picture of me. And that's one of the other situations I see is not only kids doing selfies of themselves, but comparing, I really see that comparing on the campuses is killing our students. So th- that's how I'm remembering it because the way I was doing it before was just not resonating with me. And so I had to add the singing component. I had to add comics because I love um, cute little characters. So I I think that the audience is also more engaged. Some of them are kind of shocked at one of my comic ones and other people are saying oh my gosh I need to put that in a book which I'll show you that off off uh, off this interview oh, so you, awesome. you can get a good laugh but it it's uh it's only to be seen when I do my my keynotes but yeah and then recently I was in a production on island called Siddhartha I'm half Indian so this I've never played an Indian before but I played an Indian guru so had to do that. And I had to sing a song. So you, and embrace a really the accent. Big, you embrace the I accent. I embrace the accent, which kind of killed my voice, but it, it worked. And I had to say all these lines about yoga, trikonasana, bhujangasana, and all these other things. And of course I pronounced them wrong. And the director's like, you're, ha- you're like, how can you not do this? You're Indian. And I'm like, I'm only half. <laughs> <laughs> Don't expect miracles. Okay. <laughs> so, but he had to work on me and he's like, you need to say every one of those lines perfectly, perfectly. His name is Greg Shepard. I'm outing him right now because he he does everything like Broadway and uh, Hollywood. I want everything to be perfect. I'm like, wow, you're really looking at the wrong guy that no, but, but I did raise, you know, my standards to his. 
How long? So I hope that coaching? answered your question. Yeah, oh yeah, you did. You did. How long mm-hmm. been coaching? Uh, okay. So coaching. Well, after start, I start with speaking, which one did you do first, speaking or coaching? Speaking, I got into when I was a school counselor. So okay. that's kind of where I was like, these people are going to be bored to death. If I'm talking to them about these things and I don't add components like singing. So I did that and I, I'll start the speech with like, guess what song this is. I'll give you a prize, whoever can guess it. And um, that's a really nice intro. So that's where I started speaking and integrating the singing. And a lot of that was, you know, basic educational stuff. Like we were talking a lot about the internet dangers and a lot of threats that were happening. But then after that, I would say coaching is when I retired and I retired, it was definitely a God thing that I was like, I got to get out of here. I'm not able to do my job with fidelity. And that's why I feel for school counselors is you have everything you're supposed to do in a normal day. And I'm sure you can uh, feel this as well. You have all these things after you meet with, uh, with a client or there was a certain situation that happened, you have to document that. So not only do you have to go to that scene or take care of that person, but you have to do all this documentation. So there was that there's people that we have that we manage and we, it's, it's a total different caseload and that's a legal caseload. Now, if a kid says, I have, you know, I want, I want to kill myself, then that is a full nother situation. Yeah. Top priority. So you have to put everything else, your groups that you're running, which I ran boys groups, girls groups, self-esteem groups, all kinds of stuff, grief groups. And so everything I had planned for that day, because obviously you need to be with that kid is put off. So then what I started realizing, because we started getting such high caseloads and I did complain about my caseloads to the powers that be, the mothership, the leadership of, of our, uh, you know, district office, everything. I did complain. I was like, look, I've, I have way too much. I'm not going to be able to do my job with fidelity. So I saw that coming. I prayed a lot on it and I had quite a bit of debt because I like to go shopping and I really like Disney. So visited them a few times. Um, you know, obviously, uh, galaxy's edge, I did visit them quite a few times. So I really just prayed on it. And the Lord said, your, your debt needs to be priority. And so I made a game plan to take care of that. I switched my kids from uh, their certain, their schools and got them into a charter hybrid school, which worked out perfect because they knew how to do virtual school. So as this happened, my kids were able to go full-time virtual school with a charter school that actually knew what they were doing. So I look at that, that's hundred million percent God's timing. So at that time I took a, a Jack Canfield certified coach program, which I love. I love Jack Canfield. You might know him from the movie, The Secret. He also worked with uh, Bob Proctor and a, a bunch of wonderful people from that movie. And I just love the positive thinking mindset. And, and the author of Chicken Soup and Soul books. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. My co-author, kids are reading. Co-author. Yes. Yes. He's reading, uh, or they're both reading uh, Chicken Soup for the Teenage Soul. And they absolutely love it. And it's short chapters. So it's really digestible, but that's how I got into it. So coaching now, um, Christian coaching and doing consulting for other places where I know uh, my friend Super Dave from, and he's so awesome. Um, th- those are, I've been doing that for at least four years now and, and loving it. That uh, certification had to be a pretty costly investment. <laughs> How that, did you know? <laughs> uh, well, I know Jack Canfield and I know it's not a 3K program. <laughs> <laughs> it it was, but you know, what's funny is at the time of COVID, they were saying, okay, since we can't go out and speak, we are going to offer 
courses. And I think that's when all these courses started blowing up and they, I, I uh, negotiate. I, one of my biggest strategies is always be negotiating. And so, yeah, it was something at that time, 4k. And I was like, Hey, I'm a school counselor. I don't have this much money to budget, blah, blah, blah. So they did give me a nice discount. I, I can't say how much it was, but yeah, yeah, seriously yeah. negotiate wherever you go and tell them your circumstance. And I, I, it, it was hefty, but it was totally worth it. And I was able to write it off at the end of the year as well. Yes. So that's two very big, big points. One, you invested in yourself. You've probably been investing in yourself for a long time and you're not afraid to invest in yourself. Oh yeah. Can you tell? No, <laughs> yeah, you look fabulous. And oh, number thank you. two, I have to straighten this hair. <laughs> is it normally curly? It's normally just out and wavy. And I always say, because I'm half Indian, my mind doesn't get it straight. It's half wavy and then half straight. So it just looks all kinds of wrong. And so, you're in one of the most incredible environments on the planet in Hawaii. Yes, the Aloha State. Oh my God, I can't. I just want to live there for one year. It's so far away from the rest of my family that oh. I just want to be there for one year. I think one year. And then the ideal scenario would be if I could fly everyone out to me and live on a compound. That's the wow. ideal scenario. I have funny enough that you said that this is so legit and so true. I have so many families and that's what I love about how our mind is progressing where maybe before COVID we're not thinking about our family and our parents, but COVID kind of brought that realization to, yeah. oh my gosh, family is so important. So a lot of people are doing more family time and wanting to move together or very close together yes. because yeah. if this stuff happens again, we all want to be close and we want to be safe. Yeah, I want them in the same town. They don't have to be on the same property, but mm -hmm. just within a, a five-minute drive, <laughs> just close. Yeah, maybe you don't need them that close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't need Everybody. to be on the same property where they can just walk over and knock on the door, but uh, definitely the same town. So ideally, like, I would like to buy seven homes all in Hawaii, all <laughs> for each one of my children, stepchildren, grandchildren, all of them, and have them close in the same town. And uh, they know that grandpa hooked them up. <laughs> oh, and that is a model that we, I, for sure, on this island, we really embrace because you'll see families buying a big piece of property and then making those homes for those kids. And I know you probably experience this as well because housing is so, so, so expensive, period. Yes. And especially you come out here to Hawaii, it's even worse. Yes. So we know they're not gonna rent a condo. We know they're not gonna buy a home. We know that they're not gonna find a studio apartment for anything less than 2K over here. So what awesome parents like you do is invest in the property, build out or invest in a property that already has you know units on it. And I, I love that. And I actually, it hurts my feelings when people say, oh yeah, I want to kick my kid out. And these kids are staying here so long into their middle ages. Well, I'm like, well, where do you want them to go? Especially during inflation. It's like, where, where do you want them to live? There's And, and aren't you still their parents? So I, I do have that scaffolding to a certain degree. And yes, they should be charged rent or something. I totally believe that they should be doing that. But Right now with inflation and everything going the way it is, it's it's really hard to obtain a place of your own to live, let alone buy. And I think the best thing that you can do as a parent, 
uh, in the beginning, you talked about maybe even homeschooling. And the instant yeah. that I had was we need licenses for parents <laughs> because not everyone is equipped to be a parent. So the, the best thing that you can do as a parent is be the best version of yourself. Yeah. And we need license. Like, I know that would never fly in this country, <laughs> <laughs> but if I was king of the United States, <laughs> not president king, so a, benevolent, a benevolent king, um, I would force people that are expecting to get a little bit of education wouldn't be a lot they would and if they don't get the education then they they're taxed higher but if you do if you do get the education you get a tax break you get a break i like that yeah, yeah. so and so then, you're not setting it up as a penalty right. you're setting it up as like hey look what you get as an incentive you get a break. as I like an incentive that. yes so if you go through the parenting training you get an incentive not a penalty right yes what a good idea. I, I like, like it. that. I, like it? I love it. And for me, it was always too late when I was at a continuation school. It was in Fresno. So it was really highly urban area. We had these awesome, amazing women that were keeping their, their children. But then when we showed them the video, because we're teaching them life skills, because they're going to go out there. So it's kind of, kind of like what you're talking about. We're teaching them life skills, but when they saw the birthing video where the baby is actually coming out, they freaked out. They're like, why didn't someone show us this before? Oh my gosh. I wish someone would have showed us this before. I, I don't want to do this. I'm so scared. And, um, I think that should go into your, your training. Super Dave, we should put that into the training of this is what well, it looks like. You have like. to get a license to drive. You have to get a license to open a business from your local government. But right. no one is required. Anyone can have a child and it just shouldn't be that way. And have a take take care of a human child. Yeah, a human yeah, it life. Just, it just shouldn't be that way that anyone can have a child. I don't, I don't know if I would have passed your class because, oh my gosh, you know, I have a hard time keeping plants alive. This is a fake one behind me, <laughs> but I, every time we would keep a, a plant alive, I'm like, look, it's alive for two weeks. High five. You know? So I was like, you, okay, you, you and my lady, you and my lady would get along because <laughs> she kills every plant that she owns. Not intentionally. She just can't keep We're related. <laughs> <laughs> They're so hard. Their plants are so demanding. I feel that. <laughs> Rami, I am going to respect your time and I'm so grateful that you came on to the show. I just have like three more questions for you. Absolutely. What's your definition of a hero? A definition of a hero does not look at fear. They pray first if the fear even comes. They'll pray, they'll surrender it to God. They knew they know in their knower that whatever they're going to face, they are going to win. Period. They don't look at it as, oh no, what if I don't win? No, you, you go into it. I am going to win. And then they fight or do whatever they need to do to protect children, to protect innocent bystanders and, and, and innocent people. And they go in and that's what I try to do too. But I admit to you, I get scared, super Dave, but then what my biggest trick is, okay, surrender it to God because these people need action right now. Now you need to go in there, even though it's scary do it. You're a superhero. So, and, and that's one of the reasons why I like the Avengers theme. Cause I also have that on my phone. So it always reminds me. Dun, 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 dun. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm strong. I can do this. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's how I look at it. 
you are teaching people to be the best version of themselves. So back to the coaching thing, mm-hmm. um, you're limited by your time. Have you thought of ways that you can coach 10x, 100x more people? Do you have a course? I'm on my way to that, but that's been <laughs> that I've put that off. And I wanted to really look at good courses because I've seen other people's courses and I know what the advice on other people's courses on a lot of time, which is just do it. It doesn't matter how good it is. Just like look at a PowerPoint and just read it off and people buy it. And I really wanted something more than that. So I wanted a topic I was super, super amped about. And um, I want to offer it at at a very, um, you know, low rate. I don't want it to be like hundreds of dollars or something, which I think that's something too, that people are going nuts off courses, buy my thousand dollar course. And for me, I would, I would sell this course for probably in between $9.99 and $29.99. And all it would be is how to protect your child, your teen um, from sexual predators. That is going to be my first like $10 and 30. Yeah. Like $10. Yeah. And it would be a straight to the point on how do you deal with sexual predators at different ages, different spectrums. So that's when I'm definitely, it should be out in 2023 or 2024 and uh, coaching, take my book. It's awesome. And I also have free resources for Christian focus in a blurry world. If you come on down to my website, which is RamiPositiveSpace.com, you're going to see that there are free resources. There's one tab called Christian focus in a blurry world. Check that one out there. If they've got um, they, that's me, me, myself, and I, I've got a lot of videos. I have a free workbook so that you can just kind of go through this mindset change of trusting the Lord. And that's my resources right there available to you now. And then when fight flex flights come, comes out, my tab will have really nice free resources on the fight flex flight page. I know I said three questions, but I have my second to last question. Yeah. What's your greatest ability what's your power what's your strength to pull out of people their their mission and also what they do that's great and this is so easy because i'll I'll have a client and they'll they'll be just down on themselves and i can't do this i can't do that literally in a 45 well i already see it at 15 minutes i'm like oh my gosh (laughs) there's already like too many good things to say about this person i can't keep it capped but i try i try to hold on and then at the end of the session i'll be like do you realize all these things that you do and then i just validate them because a lot of times people are just living with the negative story that someone has given them or they've heard or they believe from a story they've seen on maybe their social media or they're comparing people and then when you really just like dissect it and say no 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 look at all these things you do look at all the talents you have so we're for sure all, it's easy we're for all me to living, do that. we're all living by story and that's why we love uh heroes and comic characters so much is the great stories and we just love story we love story with where there's a book called wired for story it's, yeah. it's an okay book you it's know, an okay book yeah, it's a, that's just my humble opinion but you know that's why i love what we are you do. we are wired we are wired for stories yes and and then what you do is you take a person who's working in cps or social worker a police officer and we don't really see ourselves as superheroes and we don't get validated and then what you do as that strong person 
you come in there, you do a similar thing as to what I do. And you say, okay, look, look at your beautiful superhero story. Let's change that mindset. So I've always loved that you've done that because I know a lot of people are feel uh, too uncomfortable with looking at ourselves as a superhero or, hey, we have a great story. But yet you do that and you craft it and then you do that with humor. So we're not, hey, I know I'm, I don't have a cape, but you know, if I could have one, I would. And then you, you just kind of joke around about it with your audience and have fun with it. So I thank you for doing that. That's super awesome that you're giving people, allowing them to be equipped, I think, and allowing them to know what their story is. So yeah, I do very, very similar thing, but in a completely different way. I mean, yours is very, very highly entertaining. Thank you. Thank you. And my last question for you, and this is a bonus question. Just oh, for I know what it is. I know what it is. If you had a comic I can read book, your mind. I can read your mind. Comic book superpower. Oh, is, that, that, is that what you're saying? I thought superpower? you were going to ask me what my favorite Star Wars character is. Nope. And I have that ready for you. Nope. I was going to ask Dang. you, what is <laughs> your comic book superpower? If you could choose one, what would it be and why? Can I choose a Marvel superhero? You could choose any power you want to. Okay. Well, first of all, the power to be invisible is just amazing because people don't even know you're there. So you hear everything. It's it's amazing. It's CIA. You'd have if to have I, a really thick skin for that though. Yes. Okay. That you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But um, if I had to choose, okay, Black Widow is awesome, but she had to go through a lot to get those powers. So no, no, no. Um, Scarlet Witch's power is pretty awesome, but she's messed up. She loses her man. So no, forget about that one. So, um, and, and not just women. I don't want to just look at women. I mean, uh, Thor's amazing. If I had to pick one suit, Captain Marvel, she seemed to kick everybody's assets at the end, yes. you know, with Thanos rain fire. And they're like, what the heck are you raining fire about? And then Marvel comes in and okay. So I would pick all of her superpowers. Yes. Captain Marvel. That's a pretty good choice. What uh, would yours be? I got to know. So mine, I keep it the same answer for everyone. Mm -hmm. I want similar powers to professor x and mm. and um and phoenix i i just want all of the powers of the mind so i want to be able to uh levitate Whoa. things with my mind i want to be able to set things on fire with my mind if i want to i want to be able to read people's thoughts and block memories of you know and just go into people's minds and tap them with with a sense of love and like tap them with a sense of light and positivity. And just like, if I could tap someone's mind and make them feel good, that would be the most incredible power in the world. Like imagine if you could, you could walk past someone and they're mumbling to themselves on the sidewalk yes. and you just tap their mind and you re-scramble things and you make them like, wow, I'm, you I'm fixed. Cured. I'm cured. Okay, I changed my mind. I'm changing it to what super Dave said. I changed my mind. I want all <laughs> of the powers of the mind. All of the powers of the mind. Yes, That's awesome. Totally. I love it. I love it. If you could do that without getting that that big head, without, <laughs> without getting that really large, large head, but just have a regular size head, but you have all of the powers of the mind. You're like a level five mutant 
Yeah, level it. five mutant. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, I I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be blue necessarily, although Nebula did make that cool. Blue, okay, I'll take being blue. If I had to be blue, I'd I'd do it. Because who was the who was the um ex a model played her? Why can't I think of her? Uh Raven. Is it Raven? No, it's not Raven. It's she not could Raven. change herself to any kind of person she wanted to be. Yes, I know. But she was about. like super dark blue and she had to yes. get painted super dark blue for every, every um, I guess, filming. Oh, gosh, I can't remember what her name is. But anyways, I, uh, it's not Scarlet Joe. It's not Scarlet Joe. That's not she, Black Widow. She's Black Widow. Sharice mm-hmm. uh, Theron. No, but she's awesome, too. She she was in like a fantasy fantasy movie oh okay we'll we'll have to you'll have to um send me a blast on this i will too i'll find out who it is yeah i'll get i'll find out who it is hold on i'm looking it up right now oh but thanks for asking me what my favorite star wars character is yeah riley (laughs) why don't don't you answer that rami oh thanks super great tell me who your favorite character is okay so it's major domo Bib Fortuna. You know who that is, obviously, right? Major Domo Bib. Is that the planet Fortuna? You know what? You're so you're so close. I'm gonna give you a hint. He was in Return of the Jedi. Okay. And he says, Do you want a wonga? <laughs> I don't know how you remember these characters. How many times have you seen that movie? Too many times. Oh my god! I watch them. They're Whenever so I get sick, I'm like, okay, it's either Marvel or um, like Star Wars, and I will watch them all. That's such a great excuse to just be in your bed and just be still. Um, but yes, Return of the Jedi. You know that guy who looks like kind of he has a big French horn head. Uh huh. And he lets him into uh, Jabba's palace. Uh huh. <laughs> That's him. And he goes, "Do you want a wonga?" That's such a random character. I know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking I the Mandalorian only because he's hot right now, but he doesn't really have any abilities. Like I'd have to be a Jedi. I'd have to. You, be- you'd have to be a Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. If like you're, if you're choosing, if you're choosing something, you have to choose. How do you not choose a Jedi? I I would choose Ray, but but Major Domo Bib Fortuna. He's he's a pretty cool dude. He's a cool dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna look him up. Her name he is, is cool. her name is Raven, but I can't remember the actress. It is Raven. It is Raven. She's the one that changes her appearance. Get out of here. Um, Jennifer Lawrence played her in the new X-Men. Oh, oh, you're correct. Yes, yes, yes. That's the but new. I don't remember the. I stand other... corrected. I don't remember the other one that you... I, I can see her face. Her last name was something like Romo or something like that. She She's married to an actress or I mean actor. I can't remember who it was. Uh, I don't know. But uh thank you so much for coming on it's been a lot of fun um what do you have planned for the rest of the day a lot of work and proofreading proofreading my friends i'm going so to that's what this- i get to do and of course church tonight at seven o'clock it's going to okay. be amazing so we get All our right. worship on what what are you doing are you working on a, a video i believe i know i'm actually gonna go to work for my last night tour and then hopefully that you know i retire at some point <laughs> yeah start speaking full-time and podcasting full-time that's the dream i'm working on the dream that i am agreeing with you so that it becomes manifested i'm totally 100 million percent agreeing with you on that but i will be in touch later 